You're listening to Making a Druid, a Nancy Drew podcast. Welcome back, my Druids. This is Making a Druid, the best Nancy Drew podcast, one where we do not uh, promote murder, but solve them instead. So here I am, uh, I am Teresa, and I'm joined by my partner in the paranormal, Allie, like always. Hello. And I'm, I'm best today. <laughs> I'm best. And so here we are just chugging along season two um, as we are prepping to wrap season two up for the beginning of season three in October. We have a month to get through this. I believe in us. We got it. We can do this. Hashtag teamwork. (laughs) And here we are. Episode three, the secret of the solitary scribe. Uh, I love that. Uh, Given what we find out in this episode, I think that's a hilarious title. (laughs) I Um, am a teacher and I am a big fan of alliteration. So this episode's title really hits home to my teacher heart. (laughs) And so we're in for uh, a spooky episode. uh, I do, if I do say so. uh, And it was a good one. Um, and so here we are. Before we get started, uh, we gotta we gotta do our count. Um, so yes, we do. We dead are bodies. Still, yes, we are still at zero dead bodies for the season two total for the series. So there's there's uh, less murder, more ghosts. So I don't know how any of y'all feel about that, but our ghosts, our ghosty ghosts, uh, we got two two per episode, or, or like two so far, one per episode for the season and i feel like that's only going to be a pattern that continues where we get a new ghost every episode um, i will say there's lots of ghosts this season but from what i'm hearing about season three keep your eye on the body count that's lovely i know Lo- right. lovely Lo- a lovely thought she's always so worried about the body count i just wanted to make her feel better <laughs> and so we are at two ghosts we are counting the class of 75 as one ghostly entity um or it would be difficult keeping track of everybody um exactly and then we have 10 total of the ghosties here at at making a druid our count and then when it comes to sightings we we took a huge leap to nine after last episode we're already at nine ghost sightings and we're only starting episode three i think that is going to be a pattern <laughs> and 50 total so solid 50 ghosts so far for the series 50 feels like a good number if 50 seems like a solid number um, Great down yeah number. i like it so those are our counts for this week thank you keeper keeper Teresa. and now we move on to our recap so last episode was the reunion of lost souls. Nick's mom came for a visit and wanted Nick to leave because she was scared for him still living in Maine. We find that she is supernatural. So then she was even more scared for him, but he convinces her to go home and that he is fine. He is staying with Maine in uh, with George. She's staying in Maine with George. And George is actually able to win her over too. So Nick's mom comes, she leaves. They're all on good terms. She approves of George. So that was a pretty big line in the last episode. 
They also last episode were on the search for the sea shanty that would give them the answer as to how to defeat the Aglaika, which they learned was recorded once in history on a record. They end up finding the record in a, a jukebox where a record should be. And they learn Odette's story. And Odette Lamar was the human name of the Aglaika. She married a Marvin, Captain Marvin. And on her way over to Horseshoe Bay, she died of consumption. But we learn from her ghostly haunting of the record that she didn't actually die of consumption. That's just what the Marvins told everyone. In reality, the Marvins basically killed her from her money and then stole yeah. it all. So. The Marvins were evil since birth. Yeah. Since so, the, the- <laughs> all the Marvin fortune is technically not even theirs. It's Odette's. I don't know if that makes them better or worse than the Hudson's at this point. Well, we because- don't know how the Hudson's got theirs. So, yeah. No. I mean, I do. I think they split Odette's money but because oh yeah because you think the hudson's were involved right but yep uh so when they find the record they are able to set the last ghosts who were haunted by the aglaika free or what looked like set them free they dissolved right there had been uh a group of teenagers in the 70s who also called to the aglaika five of whom we know died and we've now absolved their ghosts. One of whom we find is still alive. He has survived 40 years from the Aglaika, which is interesting because in her song, the Aglaika tells you that she's going to come and get you after seven days. So technically this sixth person also should have died after seven days. He's pulling a Josh. I, I mean, right, right. Like Josh, who never, never died, which is crazy to me, but I just still don't know how he did it. Give us your secret. I mean, I'm editing that episode right now (laughs) and I'm like listening to us and I'm like, yep, I still feel this way. Still, (laughs) still there in that headspace. But so the sixth person has survived. So this episode is going to be all about trying to find that sixth person who called to the Aglaika. And lastly, last episode, Nancy does find out that Fanson are together and she's cool with it because she and Nick are friends and that's the way it should be. So that's all she wrote for the last episode. Let's move on to episode three of season two, The Secret of the Solitary Scribe. We begin with what is possibly one of my favorite ways to start an episode with narrator Nancy. We love narrator Nancy in this house and she is possibly one of my favorite characters other than (laughs) Carson, of course. And (laughs) Scott will never forget. Okay. No, 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 no. Someone passed along the word. Like, just so you know, this crazy When I tag him, exactly. Because it's like, we just finished recording at Scott Wolf Bay. (laughs) but narrator nancy is trying to get in what looks to be a florist shop and she's talking about ticking clocks and how basically everyone has an an internal clock but you never quite hear it like you do when you're dying which makes total sense to me but it's a great way to start the episode because it reminds us that at the end of last episode we figured out that there's only a couple of days left i think it's three days at this point 
they have left to figure out how to defeat the Aglaga. So while Nancy is overlooking at her internal and also literally on the wall of the flower shop clock, uh, George and Nick are back at the claw and George is trying to help Nick find a rental so he can stop sleeping on people's couches. And Nick honestly just doesn't see the point because he thinks, you know, what if we die? Like, why am I doing this? Like, why not wait? And George refuses to live in that mind space today. Today, because last time she was absolutely. <laughs> yes. And I guarantee you it will change again because like I said, George is the most relatable in this. Ex- in this I was like the exercise. most normal, the yo-yoing, get it. I yep. understand. And uh, I find this episode hilarious because everyone else is like just not trying to like not think about the future in that way and george is like well in my future we all live and so we gotta plan for it like i gotta prepare like i gotta run a restaurant you gotta find a home like (laughs) we got things to do friend but while they're arguing ace and bess are in the kitchen and and bases best best base base best 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 is angry with ace for even being at the claw because he had not been at work because of the hook right yeah he was he trying to leave. avoid the hook and he's like man i tried staying at home i just can't do it and also now he knows he has three days left right so it comes back to that conversation last episode like he knows he's not dying that day but she tells him she has an idea that they should give lucy's bones back to the Aglaica, which shout out to Teresa. she said this like in season one in her predictions that yeah, they I should was give like the, the bones back I was like, why did they not think of this? This would be the first thing I do. I'd be like, bitch, take them back. It's like, never mind. Never mind. Mind. Take back the bones. Like, <laughs> but, uh, so Ace is like, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. Let's talk to Hannah. And then Ace is like, but at the same time, we don't have all the bones. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, when we put the skeleton back together, we realized that a piece of the skull bone was missing. And and Bess is like, oh, I hid that in the sink, but it was gone. I thought you got it. And he said, no. And they realize Tamora has the skull bone, which come on, guys. It's been a long time. How have you not noticed that Tamora has that skull bone? Honestly. I, I the fact that Bess even a little bit thought that someone took that and didn't tell her is idiotic to me. I was like, Bess, sweetheart, I know you have hopes and dreams and you were hoping and you were dreaming that, you know, Tamora did not have that. Logic dictates some different, okay? <laughs> it's true. But she, while she's really worried about Tamora, Ace is like, you know, let's try to live long enough for Tamora to be our biggest problem. So, you know, makes sense, Ace makes is still sense. pretty hyper-focused on making sure that they all live. I also would be if I were dying. Me too. And so is Nancy. And she is back at the flower shop still. And it has opened. So she goes inside. And we realize that she is looking for information on AJ, right? So at the end of last episode, we find that the sixth person who survived has been leaving flowers on the graves of all the Aglaica victims every year on Harbor Day. And so she goes to this floral, this florist shop, basically looking for this guy's information who's sending the flowers. And the florist, of course, will not give her the information. So she texts Ace. 
because of course she does. And she says, let's go to plan B. And by the way, if you slow down and look at their text conversations, I just love that every time we see Nancy text someone, usually it's Ace one and two, Ace is usually the one texting her and she does not respond. I think it's the funniest thing ever. So, cause it's so in character. He's always like, I'm sorry if, if you didn't like me talking to your dad and then that Nancy doesn't respond and does she need something and it's completely off. I love it. I love it. I love it. But uh, she texts Ace to go to plan B and Ace then calls the florist to fake a wedding that he's having that day to distract her. So Nancy's able to get on the computer and she finds the phone number for the customer who left the flowers and lo and behold, she recognizes the phone number. And so she calls it just to make sure. And sure enough, it is the law offices of Carson Drew. I just want to point out that I mentioned clients and Carson's clients being huge this season and it's already popping up and I feel great about that vindication but not not yet but I feel like a vindication will soon come (laughs) so Carson is the one who has been sending the flowers every year from AJ and so she goes to the claw and she has invited Carson there and she tells the Drew crew, she's like, you're my backup. Okay. So if this starts to go south, I need you to get me out of there and get some answers. <laughs> and it was such a nice little scene with her being like, Hey, back me up, back <laughs> me up. Because she's usually so like, like the Nancy we knew in the beginning never would have done that. She would have been like, no, I've got this. But now she has this found family and she feels comfortable, right? To the place where she can be like, hey, I need you to back me up if something goes wrong. She waits for Carson. Carson comes into the claw and she goes to sit down with him and immediately asks him about the flowers. And he just looks at her like, what? And so she repeats the question. He's like, no, no, no. I know what you said, but I'm like, this is why I'm here. Like, I thought you wanted to reconcile And she's basically, nope, don't want to reconcile. I just need to know who the flowers are for. And so Carson tells her that AJ is actually AJ Crane, who is a very famous author in the Druniverse. He explains, though, that AJ Crane is very uh, much a recluse. He kind of hides out in the woods and does his writing. And it's a very cute moment where Nancy says, like, Salinger, and he said, or Kaczynski. (laughs) And... I'm like, they're so alike. And it was one of those moments purposely put into the scene, right? To remind you that even though they're on the outs right now, like they're fighting and he's not technically her biological father, that man raised her. Yeah, they have stuff in common and it it brings back the idea of nature versus nurture and how they're both really telling especially as we we like remember episode one they really emphasized the similarities she had with the hot sense just genetically and how there's stuff that's just innate things that you do that could be argued came from nature and then there are things like this that you're like nancy you're such a you're you're so thick-headed that you're like you're so clearly your your father's daughter yeah you're such a your father is carson such a drew and i loved that i loved the scene just for that little moment because it was like a nice little like oh look 
they're still father daughter because we did spend a lot of time in season one talking about the similarities between them. Yeah, there's and so. there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But she's like, will you, you know, tell me his address? I really need to go talk to him. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'll take you there though. And it's such a clever, such a Nancy thing to do to be like, I will give you what you want if I get what I want, which is to have a conversation with you. It's not going to work. Even like before the next scene showed up with them together, I knew Nancy was going to find a loophole. I was like, this girl does not want to have a conversation with you and she's not going to have one. Well, she does still take him up on his offer. And so he drives her to AJ Crane's and they get there and he actually lets them in at first. Like he buzzes and he's like, go away. But then he's like, oh, it's Carson Drew. I need to talk to you about an ongoing transaction. And he lets them in. And I'm like, not a very recluse thing to do. He actually let them in. And I know he like trust Carson or whatever, but still seemed unusual. But as they're going inside, Nancy sees some sort of idol hanging from the rafters of the porch. And AJ answers the door and you realize that yes, indeed, in the flesh and blood, AJ is still alive. So when she gets inside, she immediately asks him, how do I survive this? And he immediately kicks them out. I was like, again, very direct, very Nancy. Just she only has so little time. Okay. She's like, I got no time to waste. I didn't before. I definitely don't now. Like, just tell me what to do. Literally there is a clock. And so he kicks them out and he puts on headphones And it looks like he starts getting attacked by spirits. And as Nancy and Carson are leaving, Nancy takes the idle talisman thing from the porch and gets in the car. And we see the Aglaika watching from the edge of the woods. So hello, Aglaika. Nice to see you again. Looking very creepy today. It's lovely. And it it also, though, it's worth wondering, like, is she watching Nancy? Or is she watching AJ? Yeah, because I I did make a note of like when the ghost sightings were happening with Tamora and we saw him like put on the headphones. This one looked a little different, like in the background. She like there was something about the Iglaika that we saw out the window that looked different. And and I mean, and we would kind of figure it out at the end of the episode, right? They kind of tell us, but I just, it felt like a little bit of both. Like she was, she's clearly watching Nancy. We know she's watching Nancy, but there is something about, you know, AJ being there that was like extra attractive to her, I think. Okay. But either way, she is there. And that's probably why AJ kicks Nancy out. Because he's afraid that Nancy is going to attract the Aglaika once she asks him how to survive it and he realizes that she called the Aglaika. He's like, dude, I need you to get out. Like, I've spent 40 years trying to, like, avoid this bitch. And now you're just going to lead her right to my cabin in the middle of the woods. Be like, inconsiderate human being trying to survive, you know, just dragging me down with you. We cut over to Bess and she is with Nancy and Hannah and they've taken Hannah the talisman and 
Hannah, well, actually, they're there separately. My bad. Nancy has taken the talisman. Bess is there to ask about Lucy's bones. Yeah, they're separate conversations. Yeah, yeah. separate conversations because Bess walks in and Nancy says, what are you doing here? And Lu- <laughs> Lucy, Bess is very, very hesitant to tell her why she's there. And then once she tells her why, it's obvious, right? Because she knows that Nancy's not going to want to give up Lucy's bones back to the Eglaka. And Nancy does look really, really hurt, especially when Bess is like, we all want to do this. And she realizes Which, everybody has been saying it behind her back. And I and I was like, is that a little white lie? Because for all we know, she's only talked to Ace. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was like, I don't think Nick and George know about this plan. I'm sure they'll be on board, but like. Yeah, I think it, it was that line in particular really kind of hurt Nancy because again, I think she felt like they were all talking about it behind her back. But uh, Hannah says that she will look into the talisman for Nancy. So she uh, leaves her with like a picture of what it looks like. And then she leaves. So Ace is at the police office. He and Bess have like, we figured out earlier, they figured out that Tamura has Lucy's skull bone. And so he is at the police office and he is obviously there to bribe the usual evidence guy to leave his station or to let him in to the evidence log. But he comes in right as Tamura is going on lunch, obviously timed that that way as well. And Mm -hmm. he comes in and there's a new evidence guy. And Ace says, where's the old evidence guy? And Tamura has transferred him to a different location because he was too lax on his security, which we obviously see was true. And so Ace casually drops a comment about, yeah, I would want better security if I had found a human skull bone too. And the evidence guy says, what are you talking about? So even though we as an audience know that Tamura has not turned the bone over to evidence yet, Ace now knows as well. (laughs) Because if he had, the evidence guy would know about it. So (laughs) he goes out of the evidence room on his way to the office. He sneaks in, he takes it on his way. I mean, not on his way to the office. He goes into the office, he sneaks in, he steals the bone. He finds it not under lock and key, which rookie move Tamura, come on. And on his way out, he runs into his dad. And he's very upset that his dad's there, by the way. Because again, we talked about that last season. His dad almost died in the line of duty. Yeah. And I just, this just shows how uh, little he thinks of the people in Horseshoe Bay, Tamora, for like just leaving evidence lying around. No one's questioned him. He truly thinks he's smarter than everybody else there. And I'm, I'm just like, sir. He is in for a rude awakening. Sir. Yeah. You should know better. You should know better. He, it does make me giggle a little bit, like how secure he is in himself and how, how clearly between Ace and Nancy, just the two of them. But when you add in Bass and George and Nick, he's just gonna he's just gonna get knocked down so much. And it's I love true. it. It is nice. Um, I mean, he needs to get knocked down a couple of pegs because, like you said, he's just a little too full of himself at the moment. <laughs> but Ace runs into his dad. He's upset. His dad is there. His dad invites him to dinner, 
and it's called Shabbat, right? Shabbat, yes. And I made yes. sure I it correctly too. Ace tells him that he has plans with his friends and his dad is like, it's okay. Shabbat is once a week, so you can come next week. And in that moment, it's obvious that Ace realizes that there's not going, there potentially might not be a next week. And so he changes his mind and he tells his dad that he will be there. So he is going to have dinner with his father that night. So we get some Tom content. We love Tom too. Also, he is another favorite. He is. And I just, this episode really makes you love him even more. It does. Like I loved, I, I loved him before. He's a cute character. I wish we see more of him. I cannot wait. And hopefully we do get to meet, um, you know, his mom, you know, yeah. Captain, Mrs. Captain, because we don't know. Uh, yes, Mrs. Last. Mrs. Captain, I don't know her last. Do we even know her first name? I don't even know. But, I don't think you said it yet. Yeah, I because they're they're such a cute family and they have their own problems, but they're so tame in comparison to some of the other family issues that have come up. And I think they're just so wholesome and 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 the show kind of needs that. And I love Captain Tom. A hundred percent. Let's make Captain Tom a regular. Like let's bring him back all the time. Okay. I'm done with that too. Especially even if it's just a, like, um, a, an occasional special guest star, like a recurring special guest. Is that a thing? Recurring special. It recurs. Yeah. Sure. Okay. We'll go with that. While Ace is stealing the skull bone, Nick and George are still arguing about the apartment and George finally confesses that, you know, she doesn't actually care about the apartment. She's just so scared that she's going to die that she wants to spend every last moment with Nick. Like she doesn't want to be apart from Nick. And so they start thinking about all the things that they're going to miss. And then they start to have sex, but Nancy walks in because of course she does. They're in their hat in her house. I don't know why they thought that this was a good plan. I think they got caught up in their like emotional. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't think they planned it. I think that was the point. I think right, it was exactly. clearly, uh, let's, we're going to die. Let's have sex, sex. And like, <laughs> yeah, but you couldn't have like, I don't know, done it anywhere else, anywhere. No, else. that's Literally. where they were. And that's where it was going to happen. <laughs> that's unfortunate. But Nancy walks in and I mean, I didn't feel like it was like a, I'm bothered because it's you two having sex and more of a, I'm bothered because there are people about to have sex in my living room. Kind of bothered. Yeah. It, it felt more of like, I can't, what did I walk into? More like, oh my God, it's George. And- <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't feel like she was especially bothered by who it was as much. She was just the act of like them going to like have sex in her living room, but they leave. And they're super embarrassed and I feel for them. But uh, Nancy is back at home. We see AJ call Carson and AJ has figured out that Nancy took the talisman and he tells Carson that Nancy needs to give it back or she's going to get hurt. And Carson obviously takes it as like, I'm sure many people took it when they first watched this as a threat. We cut back, though. We see Nancy. She's researching the talisman. But Hannah calls and tells her she needs to get rid of it, that it's actually bait for truly terrible ghosts. Like, the worst of the worst spirits. 
She what's she call it? She called the behoot, right? Or what did she call it? I don't remember. I didn't write it down. I just put they were awful ghosts. I have to Google it. Tell me, I'm yeah. just give me a minute because you Google it while I continue. But okay. ghosts start to appear from her walls. And so she runs down the stairs. They're chasing her down the stairs. And then luckily, AJ actually shows up at her house. So AJ has left his like solitude, right? And we we find out later it's not entirely for unselfish reasons but he has found nancy he shoves her under a table and saves her from the ghosts the ghosts finally go away and when they do before nancy can thank aj for saving her or even talk to him tamora shows up and arrests him for breaking and entering and i repeat i hate him so much but I truly in do. In this case, it's because Carson thought he was threatening Nancy. And so Okay, but Nancy was literally right there saying he he's done nothing. I know. Okay, that's true. But literally he Nancy was like, he did nothing. He's Carson. done nothing. So my thought process was like, oh God, now she's gonna be mad at Carson. <laughs> like <laughs> as if she needs to be more mad at Carson. So, but anywho. So that happened at Nancy's house. So Ryan and Nancy, Nancy goes to seek him out because she wants to get AJ out of prison. And he's at the grocery store buying his own groceries. And it's a super cute moment. She's like a Hudson buying his own groceries. Like, what is this? He also bought flowers for Patrice, Lucy's mom. And so he's been going to see Lucy's mom because now that Joss is in jail, she doesn't have anyone else. It's really cute. It's so sweet. And I'm just like, what is, is this growth? Like, what, what is this? Yeah, it's called, uh, I looked it up and it's called the Mark of the Behoot. Mark of the Behoot. Thank you very much. So that was the talisman. Yes. That AJ had required. Yeah. So she goes to find Ryan. He's buying flowers and groceries or whatever. And they have a cute moment, but she asked Ryan for a favor. And he's like, well, that's not unusual. And she's like, well, just think of it as like years of not having to pay for like my braces or clubs or anything like that. And so he is going to help her get to AJ in prison. Yeah. He doesn't get him out. And here's the thing. And I know I've, I've mentioned this a lot because I love Riley Smith, but the way that they played it off and they, Kennedy and Riley playing off of each other in the scene was really cute because you could like tell Ryan was like, sure, Nancy, like, let's go with that because you wouldn't be asking this favor otherwise, but we both know you would be either anyway. Like it doesn't <laughs> like, so it was just like, I'm humoring you, but we both know better. <laughs> I, I see, I see you. I see you manipulating me, but sure. Okay, fine. So we see AJ in prison and the Aglaika shows up to kill him, but she backs away and we see it's because Nancy has arrived. She was able to get in to see him and she has the talisman on her. So she asks him to explain like what's happening. But before he can, we see Ace at dinner with his dad at Shabbat and Tamora is there and because apparently Tamora is also Jewish and he also 100% knows that Ace took the bone 
it because he makes a comment he says it's so like crazy that you're you know also the day i show up at the station is the day you get invited to dinner and he and tamura says yeah it's amazing no bones about it and so like if you hadn't figured it out now you know that he knows that ace took the bone and tom bless him bless his heart he is supremely unaware he has no idea what's happening that this dynamic was not something I did not know I needed or wanted, but I was living for the Shabbat dinner. Okay. I just, <laughs> it was really funny though, because you know, you had that, um, it was like living dramatic irony, like the characters. <laughs> oh, it really, it truly was. And there's, and, and, the, and the worst part or the best part was the fact that captain Tom can't hear right he lost his hearing uh and so if he just turns away there are looks and and communication Uh happening that that captain just over his head i was just like oh god this show has a lot of dinners that crack me up going back to that one with diana and everett and like all of them also another good dinner it was it's dinner time is a great time to like have interesting dynamics between those who are seated it's just the time to spill the tea you know <laughs> literally literally uh, sometimes it, literally you got tea spilled <laughs> exactly but cuts back to aj and nancy so we're in like a nice little sequence here right and aj is telling nancy their story him and the other glica victims they were in a car accident being dumb kids and they killed two people and a three-year-old girl was with them and she was not expected to survive and they were desperate. So they called to the Aglaika to bargain for the girl's life to keep her alive. And we learned that the little girl is Hannah and she did survive the fire, the, or the, her injuries from the fire and she was later adopted. So that's where her hands, the scars on scarring on her hands is from the burns from the fire when she was a little girl. And so after they made the deal, they were not able to pay the toll just as Nancy in her. They never tell us what that toll is, right? It It is not. So I assume it's something similar though. Like someone in their group had to die and they were not willing to do that. So he says that everyone else kind of stayed put, but he left town and started looking for anything to keep the Aglaika away because the Aglaika comes with you. Like the Aglaika doesn't just stay in Horseshoe Bay. So he started basically researching a bunch of different cultures and how they keep evil spirits away. And he mentions that, you know, he's an orphan. And so he has a very strong will to survive. So the talisman basically was his way of keeping the Aglaika away because the talisman would call forward all these really horrible, evil, vengeful spirits that even the Aglaika wouldn't come near. And so that is why he had the talisman. And Nancy even asked him, you know, like, well, in your research, did you ever find like, if we were to give the bones back, like that's what we asked for would it void the agreement or whatever and he's like i don't know that's not an option for me so i've never tried it but you should try every option you can because having that talisman is not really living Uh, yeah as we can tell he's a recluse as per carson's words yeah 
almost makes you wonder how different his life would have been. I know, and not only that, but like, it just, the story kind of really changes the way you look at the class of 75. Yeah. Because of what they asked for. Because before this moment, you just thought they were all selfish assholes, AJ included, right? Who just ditched his friends to like survive, right? Instead, you find out that they were just, you know, kids who like messed up and like they literally begged for someone's life and so in a way it almost feels it's even what they asked for from the Igleko is even more selfless than what the Nan- what Nancy asked for even if her reasons were yeah I agree because her her rationale was a little bit more selfish in nature yeah yep and it's um it also makes you wonder too though like with nancy's hers was very something like solid like she could not have gotten the bones without it would hannah have survived there was a possibility but they ensured that she did exactly next we see nick and george they have rented a hotel room and he's so nervous because he really wanted some place better for them but it's okay because, you know, George loves him or whatever. They do start to have sex again, but then they stop again because this time she's being haunted by her death visions and she can't go through with it. So She can't concentrate. Yeah, she can't concentrate. These poor two children, these two poor children. Finally, we get back to what we really want to see, which is Ace and Tamara at dinner with his dad. And <laughs> uh, Tamara confronts him when Tom steps away from the table and Ace is just, he is doing such a good job of playing, playing dumb. Can I just say all those years of pretending to be like a stoner idiot coming in clutch. Coming in handy. Yep. But Tamora gets really, really like angry and raises his voice. And Tom comes back and he is horrified. As like in his own home, you're going to accuse his child in his own uh, home. Exactly. And Ace then starts like giving it back to Tamora and he's like well why would you have something like that in your office and not in the evidence room <laughs> and Tamora good doesn't question. like that Tamora good does not question. like that and so he That's starts a good to question. like it is a good question he starts to get angry again and Tom kicks him out he stands up for Ace and he is like I trust my son and I need you to get out bye and so Tamora leaves and he tells Ace that like, this is not over or whatever. And Ace is just like, uh-huh, whatever. <laughs> and Tom then says, you know, he talks to Ace and he's like, I know you're in trouble. Like, I'm not an idiot. Like, I know that that was based in some sort of like truth, but he did it anyways, right? Because Ace is his kid. And he's like, can you help? Like, can you tell me what's going on? Can I help fix it? Ace tells him like, I didn't do anything wrong. But yeah, I'm in trouble. There's no way you can help. But I think we have a way to fix it. And I'm going to, but in order to do that, I've got to leave. And then I can fill you in later. And Tom's just like, okay, go. Can I just, Captain Tom coming for Carson Drew's Father of the Year Award. um, I know, I know, I know. This whole scene. And we really haven't had the time to really truly appreciate Ace and his father and the dynamic that they have until this moment and how um, Alice did a, such a good job in that show. And what's Captain Tom's, what's his actor's name? I don't know his name. 
Oh, snap. I don't actually know. Hold on. You keep talking. I'll look it up. Um, they just played off each other so well. And the fact that there's this real trust between the two of them, right? The fact that Ace mm-hmm. considers, even considers telling his father everything that's happening is a huge show of trust, right? Because they've literally, no one's ever considered other than telling Millie, like we have, they haven't really considered telling anyone <laughs> what's going on, which is like, in my opinion, a mistake. But um, because the more brains you have, the you know, the stronger possibility of figuring it out. But they, there's also this trust that Tom has with Ace that he'll come actually come back and tell him that when he says, I didn't do anything wrong, but yes, I'm in trouble. I have a, like, I'll tell you about it. He's like, okay, cool. Like, go fix it. Like, we'll come back. We'll have this conversation later. And I think that's so interesting um, because you, we haven't really, even with, even when Nancy and Carson were at their best, they didn't have that. They didn't have that solid trust the way that Ace has with Tom. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's obvious that he and his dad fight a lot. And, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but they do obviously have a level of trust there. And the actor's name is Anthony. Is it Natale? N- Natale? I don't know. No it's N- N-A-T-A-L-E. Well, Anthony, good job. Okay. Round of applause. <laughs> kind of like Tom. <laughs> Anthony, great. You were great in that scene. But at this point, I consider everyone in that cast, my friend, <laughs> parasocial relationship. You're on first name basis. I just feel like I've just been telling, I've been saying Kennedy and Riley and Scott and Alex, like if they Alex, were my friends. Kunji. I just like, they were my friend. Like I know these people. Like I don't, I don't actually know any of these people. <laughs> you're so funny. So they now have the last bone. So they take the bones to the ocean Nancy apologizes to Lucy. She calls to the Aglaica and the Aglaica does take the bones before they can like see anything else. Tamura calls asking where AJ is because apparently after Nancy came to visit him, he escaped and Nancy has him like on speakerphone or whatever. And he tells them like, you and your friends are going to have a come to Jesus meeting after this is all over. And A says, come to Jesus. The man had a bar mitzvah. Pick a lane. <laughs> and he's not wrong like i feel like come to jesus is a very like southern baptist like colloquial yeah, which makes makes you wonder right it makes you think like is like, he actually jewish i mean because he 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 knew all their traditions and whatnot like okay not to be this person easily google like you can google that <laughs> true i mean i've never spoken hebrew like i i assume it would be harder than that but anywho i feel like if they if he got invited during lunch he's he had all afternoon nancy worries that aj is going after hannah so they head to try and find her they're not having any luck she finds aj's phone in the grass and looks over and he has put hannah in a car and is covering it with some sort of lighter fluid and is planning to burn the car and like kill Hannah the way that she was supposed to die originally, I guess. Mm-hmm. But Nancy is able to talk him out of it. 
in like basically the classic way, like you're not a murderer. You're just really desperate right now, but you're going to regret this. Living with yourself as the monster is a lot harder than living with an actual monster. And so she convinced him to not kill Hannah. They call the ambulance or whatever to come get Hannah, make sure she's okay. And Ace looks after like AJ because he's about to leave. And Nancy's like, you know what? Just let him go. But before he leaves, AJ gives Nancy the talisman. And she's like, you're not going to get very far without this. And he's like, the Aglaica can have whatever's left of me. So essentially, AJ is giving up. Because if he leaves without the talisman, he's not going to survive. He's not going to make it very far. Yeah. The Aglaica is going to get her victim. So he is acknowledging that he is ready to die, essentially. Like he's lived all this time and he hasn't actually been living. So he is ready to die. But the Drew crew head back to the claw and they're wondering, you know, did the bones thing work? And they walk in and the whole claw is trashed and Lucy's bones are scattered over the floor. So apparently the Aglaica has a no return policy. And that is unfortunate for our crew. Uh, my favorite line of this whole episode actually wasn't an ace line for the first time in a while. It was a George, George line. Uh-huh. And, and it was like, the store has no, uh, she's like, I hate this store or whatever she says. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, I, my heart was just like so full because there's like no return policy. I hate this store. <laughs> yep. It was a good one. But Bess apologizes to Nancy. She's like, I'm sorry for kind of steamrolling you and like trying to get rid of your mom's bones. And Nancy's very understanding. They then hear over the news that AJ, who remember was a famous author, AJ has died in a freak accident where he was impaled by a weather main. And basically fans think he predicted his own death because he apparently wrote a book about his own death vision that was yeah. sent to him by the Aglaica. He dies alone. He dies alone. And it's so sad. It's so sad. I feel so bad for him. But he did. He finally succumbed to death by Aglaica. And we then see we're starting to like wind down. We're getting our short scenes now. George and Nick are going to take back the truck. They're reclaiming the truck. And George says she, you know, she's tired of being afraid of the truck. So again, George is waffling, right? (laughs) Waffling (laughs) back and forth between like, I will be afraid. I will not be afraid. I will be afraid. I will not be afraid. But um, they're going to reclaim it. So they go inside the truck. Nancy goes to see Carson. And I just need you to know, I cried so hard during the scene. I'm just going to preface that. Nancy goes to see Carson and she invites him to bury Lucy's bones with her. And it was such a nice little like olive branch, right? And so they go to the Sylvia Woods because she read in Lucy's journal that she really loved to go there. And as they're walking through the woods, Carson mentions, you know, do you want to invite Ryan to this? And she smiles. And as they come around the tree, there he is. And he's like holding a flower or something. And I instantly started bawling. <laughs> it was, it's really. I'm tearing up again. Like, it was a really sweet moment. Like after such a dark episode, this was such a, a 
light at like moment in 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 something that up until this point was just very heavy and right? it's a much needed light into a very dark storyline and also like when i just saw ryan standing there with that flower or whatever i'm just like oh. <laughs> i was just like okay i understand what lucy saw in him like before we were like Lucy, like why <laughs> I was a kicked puppy. I was like, oh God, because it was just, you know, he loved her so much and we know that now. And, you know, he's, yeah, it was just, it was so emotional. And um, Carson gives Ryan a shovel and it's, again, it feels like an olive branch, right? He will bury her together and they bury her behind a tree with the initials Lucy, like SLS for Lucy Sable. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing and it was beautiful. And I cried like a baby. Like I have teardrops on my paper, but it's fine. Nick and George wake up in the truck. Ace and Bess come and wake him up. And it was also another really light moment where it was funny. Ace and Bess just find them in the truck and they're like, wake up, sleepyheads. And it was, <laughs> it was cute. Yeah, and Bass is like, the reclaiming of the truck. (laughs) Bold, I like it. In the very last moments, though, they go to AJ's house, and they're basically there to bury the talisman, right? Because it needs to be buried somewhere far, 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 far away from everybody else, and what better place than where Recluse lived? Also, while they're there, of course, Nancy is going to search his house, because he basically researched the Aglaica for 40 years, right? Trying to figure out ways to defeat it. And so she's there to look for hints. Ace sees that he was building a Dybbuk box, which is a Jewish spirit trap. And so again, this show always coming in, teaching us new things about other cultures. I love it. Love that for us. I I, I feel like I know so much more (laughs) after watching this show about so many different uh, groups of people. But Uh, The spirits start to show up. They're attracted to the talisman they've buried. So they grab what they can and leave. And as she's leaving, Nancy turns and sees the clock on the wall. And it's a really nice full circle moment because it brings you back to that Nancy narrator at the beginning talking about Mm -hmm. the clock, the ticking clock. And she, it's just another reminder, right? That the clock is still ticking. They only have now two days before they're going to be killed by the Aglaica. And as they're leaving, the Aglaica is watching, biding her time, waiting for seven days. Yep. And that is how it ends. It's a great ending. I love the Aglaica ending. Just chilling there, waiting. The ticking clock. Biding her time. Yeah, the ticking clock. I liked it a lot. As for Easter eggs... There are none. There aren't any? No, because I've talked in a previous episode about Ace being Jewish and what that could mean and how they might have combined like Frank Party with one of the friends like of theirs that was Jewish who was also a hacker. So I've talked about that. But other than that, you know, I didn't really see anything. As usual, if I've missed an Easter egg in an episode, reach out, let me know. Um, I do like, I talked about this earlier though, the uh, title of this episode is The Secret of the Solitary Scribe. That legitimately feels like it could be the name of a Nancy Drew novel. 
Like, because <laughs> think about it. Lots of novels, like the, the alliteration thing is real. Yeah, it is. It is. So that's it. Nothing really for Easter eggs. Moving on to ratings. This episode, we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five evil spirit talismans. No big, like, surprising one there. One being garbage, five being iconic. Where does it fall for you? I actually really enjoyed this episode. There was a lot of cute little gems. So I'm going to give it a four, evil spirit talisman. I gave it a four too. Yay! I did. I felt a lot of the same about this episode and last episode. I think that I ended up giving them like the same rating. I really loved that ending scene with Nancy and her two dads. Love that, love that. I think that would have made me give it a four no matter what. (laughs) Um, But I also just loved like the whole AJ storyline and the whole having a survivor and him really pointing out like what is living if you're not really living. And that's like a trope that you see a lot, right? And and I, I enjoy that trope, but I also like that it tied back to Hannah right and like we saw we saw hannah's scars like in the whisper box yeah way 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 long time ago like so way back again another example of how far ahead they like plan shit (laughs) in this show it's almost like that's something that like good writers do i guess i just (laughs) never you know got to really experience it the way it's such a new feeling all right yeah and then, of course, there was the dinner with Ace and his dad and Tamora. And we all know that we're a big Captain Tom fan. So all in all, it was a solid episode. I, I enjoyed this one. And I enjoyed it about to the level I did the last one. So I gave them the same thing. So now we move on to predictions. My first one is they're clearly going to research Odette Lamar. Like I feel, I felt like that should have been my step one. It turned out to be like their step five, but no, it's like step two. Their first step was find a survivor. Uh, okay, fine. It's like, but the survivor had like seven steps after that first step. So I guess it's steps A through like E or something. And then this is step two, but um, I, I like to think of one step with bullets. Yeah bullets i'm curious to find out who odette lamar actually is or was and i like that will definitely be happening like if like i said i i thought that would be like step one um but uh or at least divide and conquer like step one a and step one b but now it's step two and so that's fine um I think it's interesting that they chose Hannah to be the survivor. And I wonder if that means anything when it comes to defeating the Aglaica, being one of the Aglaica's gifts and what that would mean for her friendship. Like for Hannah. For Hannah and what that would mean for like the friendship for like the Drew crew and Hannah that's just been like building, um, being such a helpful person. Um, I hope it doesn't mean anything bad for Hannah. Like, I don't want to put her on my death watch list. She's not on it just yet, but um, there's my, my brain is working at the idea that like everything that the Aglaica has given, will that be taken away the moment the Aglaica has gone and what that will mean. I mentioned this before last time, Tamora's beef. 
way beyond anything reasonable. There's there's got to be something a reason an ulterior motive as to why he's there, and I feel like that will definitely play in to the later half of season two. Um, I don't think it'll be like if if they do it like they did this season one where we had like the Tiffany mystery, then you had the Lucy mystery, and then you had the like a uh, starting mystery that which should have ended in season one. Yeah, I feel like. That might be like two mysteries removed. Like I feel like there's going to be one in between the Iglaka and the one with Tamora. But um, I feel like something's okay. brewing. Um, and here's the thing. And I don't know. We didn't really cover this earlier. The florist said something very interesting that caught my attention. Did she? That she said that in her shop, there's confidentiality because Nancy mentioned, oh, is there a florist client privilege that I don't know about? And she said, there is one here. And I am curious as to why that was put in there and how that's going to play out because either she's a front for something, she has dealings with the Hudson's or the Marvin's or something like that, or you know, again, secret society, is there, like, is she connected to the secret society and the supernatural in some way? And that's why she's protecting her records so closely. Yeah, I just Um, think that she was being difficult. (laughs) She might be just being difficult, but it just stood up up to me. And I think it means something because uh, I'm just going with it. Like the last time something like that stood out to me was the Josh thing and I ended up being right. So I'm just going to go with it. Go with the flow. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is um, they made AJ a writer. And I think that's an interesting choice that they made him a famous horror author, that they made it known that he predicted his death. And I wonder if he predicted other things or if there are other things hidden in his novels that Bess could then go to as the reader of his novels that will help them with some of their mystery solving. I mean, he was very well researched. Exactly. So, yep. All right. Well, for this episode, that's all we have for you. So make sure that if you're listening on Apple podcasts, you leave us a rating and a review and that you hit us up on social media. We're at Twitter on at making a drood. You can find me personally on Twitter at slowburn Mac MAC and Teresa can be found where also on Twitter as T-E-R-E underscore D-V-95. Yep. And again, don't forget, uh, after we get through season two, right now we're going back and rewatching. We're starting in season three. We're actually going to be an after show once a week coming out on Sundays. So make sure you catch us weekly and that you come to Twitter and talk to us about what you think is going to happen. Because at that point, we're all going to be on the same page and we no longer have to hide anything from Teresa. And it's going to be lovely. I, I agree. I still haven't seen the trailer for season three. I probably you should won't. not. I probably won't even get to. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you will. You will. We have, a, we have a schedule. But anywho, until next time, we'll catch you later, dudes. Bye.